0: That L-Word podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you need the love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. You love yourself. Because if you ain't leading yourself. How can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? All right, Morgan, we're back again. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are back again. Uh, we have uh someone that loves the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Here to talk. We're gonna talk about some. Some kindness, man.
1: Yeah. And for those of you that are wondering what Morgan was talking about, we were having a little conversation before we got going about living in a beach town, but not necessarily loving the sand.
0: Correct. Yeah. Part of the beach. Still trying to figure it out, but, you know, that's another episode. That is another episode. On another podcast. That's actually. Right. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> we don't talk about sand. I don't think i sand in it off. You no know, that could be maybe a getaway podcast type thing maybe okay maybe. all right but
1: today we have the distinct pleasure of having KO from True Colors Brewing and you are the mm. chief people officer there
2: i am fortunate enough to be yes
1: and it's you know i was just we were talking before the show started that i had the great pleasure of being on another podcast with KO and i was just left speechless so many times and so when morgan and i started this and we were discussing you know having um having uh guests on yeah. you were like right there you popped into my mind i was like Morgan, you were in
0: the top two. Oh yeah.
2: my goodness thank you so much because <laughs> like, we have energy
0: i like energy and i don't yes. like don't come to me and be like no hey
1: well and, and morgan <laughs> and i were talking about it and he's like well you know let's let's both meet people before we bring them on and this and that and, and i said morgan I'm telling you, you don't even have to meet her. Like she is, and he's like, all "Yeah, all
2: right, I mate, right you, now." She if cool. you're saying it, we could have met at the beach. <laughs> <kidding. laughs> he's like, "Not at all, actually."
1: Yeah. Well, and Kale, I so I, a thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, just again, love everything you had to say on the previous podcast that I was on with you. But you posted something on LinkedIn.
0: Hold hold on, I'm gonna stop you.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: I need to know what a chief people officer is first. Oh, educate me first, and then we can go into the subject. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, I just—is it like diversity? Is it like um, you only fire people or you only hire people?
2: Yeah. So. There's always been the human resource title in companies, and uh, in the past few years, people have transitioned to call it people because they've put more um, human policies and practices in place. And so being a chief people officer means I do handle a lot of the traditional HR components Mm -hmm. like payroll and, of course, hiring and firing, but we put more emphasis on a people-focused and purpose-driven approach. And so that means that all our policies, procedures, systems are making sure that the employee engage you're um, uh, giving them an experience because you know we have this great resignation happening and so you need to keep people over so to help you align people strategy with business strategy and so it's just best practices for the people that work in the workplace because when people leave they are not leaving for more money all the time they are leaving because they put more values on their values and they're looking to align with the place that makes them feel like they belong
0: right I told you <laughs> I told you <laughs> But more people, about people's driven purpose. You got to write all that down. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I was like, should I ask him for his paper so I can write this down? Luckily, I don't write recording. down stuff. I don't write down. like. And, so people, hey, uh, people's driven purpose. Yeah, it's
2: like I'm- Their I'm values
0: okay. have value. Oh, my yeah, God.
2: Yeah, I'm-, I'm You know, so being a people officer, I mean, I'm not just for people, but I'm also a company's purpose, you know, proprietor. That's me. You know, you people hustle dope, I hustle hope, right? And it's just... You know, when we look at the workplace right now, we spend more time there. And I think it's important that when we shape systems, especially in the world that we live in today, yeah. that we shape them to make sure that they are equitable. And that doesn't mean the tools for everybody are supposed to work. That means if somebody needs something extra, we give them a crate to stand on so that they become equal with the person standing next to them. It's inclusive. Uh you know, the same, we don't just invite you to the dance, we dance with you. And of course it's diverse. And for us at True Colors, we have active gang members that work there, but we have non-gang members that also work there. So creating that environment where they can spark conversations and get to know about each other.
1: And when Morgan asked what a chief people officer was, it it spurred me to ask the question, please tell us a little bit first about True Colors.
2: Yeah, so True Colors is a for-profit brewery with a closely-knit social mission to unite gang rivals and decrease violence in our city while uniting communities across the country. And so we do that by hiring gang affiliates. And their role is twofold. They're not just coming in to get a job, but they're also peace... they're also peacekeepers in the streets. You know, you have to come in, you work a job, you set the example for your team members and your affiliation. And when they see you make a change, that positive peer pressure does something to them. You know, people often don't believe they can until they see somebody they know do it. And so, uh, True Colors is uh, we're peacekeepers. We sell beer, and beer is to help us sustain the social mission. We believe everything powerful sparks over a conversation. And if you can do it over a true light, that's even better.
1: Morgan, speechless. This happens periodically throughout our podcast episodes. You'll okay. have a more—we call it a Morgan moment.
0: Yeah, because i have mean, been—I've Like I don't get, you know, I always tell people. Like I'm always filling somebody else's cup. Like because that's what we do. We coach and we help. We mentor and we change lives. Mm-hmm. But when you meet somebody mm-hmm. like yourself that 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 preaches the gospel mm-hmm. right about giving and 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 meeting people where they are, yeah, that's huge, right? We don't get a lot of that, and that kind of. I mean, that rolls us right into what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, and and so kind of back to that, you know, I think it was a week or so ago, you posted something on LinkedIn (laughs) that I read, normalizing kindness.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Get us going on that.
2: Yeah, so kindness is an acronym. Kind is an acronym for me, and the acronym is Knowledge Inspires New Direction. And um, I came up with that because I was uh, talking at a conference called Kindfest. There's a whole conference for kindness. Who does that? I
0: didn't know that either. I had
2: no idea, but we have companies like Media who has chief kindness or chief happiness officers. Like right? We ne- never knew that existed. And so when I was creating a presentation for this conference uh, about kindness, I came up with that acronym on knowledge inspires new direction. It feels good, it's fuzzy, but what that means is that you use data to define and design processes and systems for people in the workplace. It's meeting them where they are. That's being kind. You're not exercising your right to just uh, lay down a law or put a practice in place because it feels good for you, but you're uh, fact-finding and getting feedback from your people first and then you're shaping second. And what that does is that it gives you automatic buy-in from the team that you're serving because you asked them first and you're using their feedback to shape second. And so it's actually a real easy process. It's using things like surveys and post checks or performance reviews to find out what's happening in your team. It's getting feedback about company culture. It's helping to understand where they are um, not not just professionally, but personally, because if your life is a personal mess, it's difficult for you to be a professional success. And so, companies now are putting uh, um, uh, amenities in place to help uh, to help people. That might might have been me. I'm sorry. Yeah, of putting Mm -hmm. people in place to uh, putting things in place to help people. Things like uh, so we have tons of millennials in the workplace right now, and so a lot of them aren't looking for things like retirement. But we do have boomers that are there that are interested in things like that. And so kindness is having a program or process in place, and having that program and process in place is available for the person that needs it, and it's available for the person that may not need it now, but they know it's available because the company cares enough. And so Mm -hmm. kindness is just how to use data. It's a new way to drive it to be strategic and tactical inside the workplace. And I think if more companies do it, culture would be better. we have a lot more buy-in. We would stop talking about the great resignation because we had a great revelation, right? And and we would see um, people commit more to where they're working um, because they realize that the people that are driving the business care about who they are, what they want, and where they're going to go.
0: Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me do this for a <laughs> little bit. <Let> me... <laughs> yeah, I'm that. trying to... Okay, where are you from?
2: I'm from Brooklyn, New York, Canarsie, Brooklyn.
0: Okay, oh, and what did you do before you came to Wilmington?
2: It's a great question. So this is going to shock you. I'm going to take you down a short path. I want because
0: it. I need to. I need, I'm trying to get to the origin, the origin of this, <laughs> of this knowledge that you kick. In. Like I want to know where you, where yeah. you were made and created. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So when I relocated to Wilmington, <laughs> I was working for an executive search firm in Reverse, David Werner International. It was a small firm owned by a crazy uh, British man, and he taught me a lot of what I know in business. Um, and every client that walked in the door was a CEO of a company and I was responsible for introducing them to decision makers for new roles, and so they would pay us to market them to recruiters or to uh, hiring managers for new roles. So, I mean, I've worked with the former chairman of Monster Worldwide, um, the former president of uh, Daimler Chrysler, the former VP of Sara Lee, and we were helping them with career transitions. And you know, you never think that people at that high level that are going through transitions experience some of the things that people at lower levels experienced before. So the only thing that's different is that they may have more experience and they have a title. And what that did for me by working there is it made me stop looking at people just for their briefcase. But I also want to know your head case and your heart case. What are your motivating factors for wanting to move or stay? What's your cognitive ability to be able to understand um, the whys inside the workplace? And so I took that and I brought it with me to Wilmington. Uh, But when I relocated here, I couldn't find a job you know, I hustled. I mean, I worked two jobs and then I decided to build a business doing event and set design for film and TV. So before I learned how to build people, I built things and I used some of what I've learned on building blueprints and applied it to what I know today. And so the knowledge I have is just shaped from experience, street experience and um, lived experience. I went back to school later to learn about HR um, and to learn more about people. Um, But it's practical and I think that that's what sets me apart in the industry is that I didn't learn how to do HR from, from a book. I learned how to do HR because I'm someone that had to experience HR first.
0: Did when when you talk about like the growth in the, the piece, like like what are like in your would you can you define like or explain your philosophy when it comes to where that passion for people comes from.
2: Yeah. You know, um, when I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, I was faced with a lot of challenges myself. You know, um, my mom and dad, upper middle class, dad worked um, on wall street. He was part of a firefighting squad. If he showed up to audit, that means somebody messed with the money. You know, my mom worked for a bank and I used to sit under his desk, um, on wall street and, uh, one day life happened and everything in my household changed and I was faced with challenges that I never faced before and I was fortunate enough to be able to get through those challenges but not everybody does and so I remember a time in my life where I promised that I would do something to make impact in the lives of people and so when I moved to Wilmington, North Carolina and built that event and set design business, I worked it for 11 years and then one day I was draping the sidewall of the River Room downtown and nothing that I was doing worked. And I knew that if I didn't get this right, the people that hired me were going to talk about me bad. And so it was at that moment where I realized that thing that was nudging me was that reminder that I promised I was going to make impact in the lives of others because of some of my story. So I bowed out of the industry. And the next week, I started doing workshops for women based on Dr. Seuss books. It was lessons of leadership from Dr. Seuss for powerful women who aspire to lead. My first lesson was on the Lorax. You know, who speaks for the trees? But who speaks for people who don't have a voice? How do you help them find their sense? and so i've always been able to see things when people say things and so i use that and begin my journey to get to where i am today
0: amazing dropping bars man oh, yeah. jesus <laughs> lord have mercy yes i mean oh my yes uh i feel like i'm at home <laughs> 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 like oh my goodness this is uh yeah and you st- and that's what you i mean i i can't even see how you <laughs> I had the problem finding a job, Lord have mercy. I don't know how these people are. Yeah, they're losing their mind. Cause the, I mean, the way you present yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not about like the information you're giving it. It's the passion that I. Because I'm sitting in front of you, the passion that I see and I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And when you when you you speak, when I speak about athletes or I speak about my people, like I talk like you, yeah. right? Because like like there's. I, I live it. I don't. I don't. I don't work. It ain't a job. Like I live what I, I preach, and I and I preach it, and I talk about it because I've developed that same thing within me, yes. right? And all I'm all I'm trying to do is project that on everybody else, and it's that kindness that we that we're talking about, that peace, that how we normalize in kindness. But the, where it starts is normalizing kindness within self.
2: That's right. Right, right. and And that's what I hear. It's understanding who I am first. And if I can be the best version of me, it's not just for me, it's for the people I have the opportunity to serve. And so, you know, when you are defining and designing for yourself and for people, you look at your why. And if you have your why, you'll always figure out your how, no matter what, because you're so passionate about it. You know, you're purpose-driven. I think last time we we met on that podcast, I I shared my three the hard way. It's people-focused, purpose-driven, and profit-aligned. Organizations can have all three because there's an ROI in each one. There's an ROI on your people. They stay, they stay engaged. There may not be anywhere to go up, but growth is not just up, sometimes it's just capacity. I can give you the information and education you need and the opportunity to do more inside the workplace and you'll feel valued and you'll wanna stay even though there may not be any roles for you to go up. Um, so there's a return on investment in people. There's always a return on your purpose, you know, working your, your mission. Um, it helps with your credibility. Um, it can help with your bottom line also because people are investing nowadays in impact organizations and profit line All those three work together. And so organizations can have all three, but it starts with activating the kind code in their workplace.
1: And yeah, what does that look like? What does kindness, normalizing kindness, look like in the workplace?
2: Yeah, it starts from the beginning when people come in, when you're recruiting. You know, how do you recruit people? Um, a lot of us just throw an ad up on Indeed or LinkedIn, but I don't think every site with jobs is for every person. There are some people that may not have access to those areas that are looking for a job. And so it's where can I promote this job and give everybody access that's being kind? I'm not just thinking for the people that up there, but I'm thinking for everyone and the potential people that I may miss, you know, and it's uh, um, having open conversation with them. So I don't just uh, bring people in and have interviews. Uh, during this whole COVID thing, I started having hiring parties, virtual hiring parties. So I would send people like digital kits and invite them in for a conversation in the group and we all just all talk and I believe that the best way to get to know people is by sparking a conversation with them. And Then I invite people back whose resume match we was looking for but kept those on file. And so when you activate the kind code, you look at your 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 recruitment strategies, um, you look at how you interview. Um some of your questions may need to be translated, especially if you have open hires where you're looking to bring in somebody that's a second chance hire. You may ask them, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean you know what their background is. So even looking at the questions that you use. And so you are Changing the way you do things because you want to make it equitable. So being kind is equitable So you can change your recruitment practices your policies is not just fit for one person But it's fit for everyone people aren't just taking time off because they're sick, but some people have childcare issues And so you're looking at your policies and your procedures again You're getting feedback from your team You're finding out where they are what they need and you're shaping your practices from that feedback that you receive and you're constantly Having quarterly pulse checks. Hey guys I want to know what's happening? Um, in the workplace, how are you doing on um, what's going on? And s- see, you don't know what people are going through unless you ask them. And when you have an employee that maybe is your loudest purpose proponent, go silent. Unless you ask them what's going on, you might lose them. And so through those surveys, you get information you need. And from that information, you create. So, um, at True Colors, I created something called a Third Thursday Community Gathering. Um, we haven't done any in a couple months, you know, because we are in full production to get the beer into other areas, um, but I did that because I wanted to make sure that gang and non-gang had a chance to have conversations. So every third Thursday, um, I'd bring in lunch, i created conversation cards, and i split people up in the different conference rooms with those conversation cards and to get to know each other. But that's being kind, and I did that because I had a young lady tell me that she was an introvert and she was afraid to speak to people. So I put her in a situation where she didn't have to do it alone.
0: And then she, I mean, was was she affiliated at all?
2: No. So everybody that works at True Colors is not in the gang. We have non-gang members that work there. And so that, inclusion for us is a lot different. It's not just about bringing in people that are minorities or marginalized, but it's bringing in people who may not have experience in the inner city or experience working with gang. They're in roles like sales and in finance and in marketing. And so it's finding ways to integrate and bring people together for conversations because we are trying to change their perspective. Most people that come to work with True Colors are coming because of mission, not just money. You know, you have to want to be in that environment. But when you get there, your perspective also has to change about the people that you're coming to work with. Because when you say gang you, well, you, you think about Chicago or the news and all the things that's happening and so when you come in you have a conversation with somebody you realize that their dads they're brothers you know um their their men who take care of their families you know I have a young man that I always I talk about um that started with us when I first came to True Colors as a contractor because George only brought me in for one day um he wouldn't talk and I thought what's wrong and finally, after me being there for three months, he opened up his mouth and said something. And uh, he was just extremely introverted. He didn't like speaking to people. He didn't trust me at first. And so um, my consistency helped birth trust within the team. And um, I found out, you know, what got him through 10 years of prison. And it was working out. That's all that got him through. I was like, well, what are your goals? He was like, I want to help other people get through situations. And so his desire was to become uh, the person responsible for our health and wellness. And today he has that role. And so being kind is creating a, a, a course for people to start and not finish, but to be on and keep going. And it was because I asked the question. I used data to define what we were doing. And
1: you were allowing him the space using your own acronym, Knowledge Inspires New Direction. Yeah. You were allowing him the space to um, utilize what inspired him, yep. right, to inspire others. Yeah,
2: because you'll out when you learn something new. Right? Or at least you should. You know, I, I don't want to preach this gospel on this podcast, but it's just like I'm, some people. I'm listening. Yeah, like, so <laughs> there's a lot of people in positions that don't li- listen to the writing on the wall. And if you don't, not with mistakes will happen, but you know you'll find yourself in a difficult bind when people leave. When people are leaving the workplace, or people are um, walking away, it's because there's been writing on the wall or something happening that nobody paid attention to. And so this is a way for companies to keep. Uh, their core values up front to keep their cult culture at, in a good place, to keep their employees engaged, and to build community. And it's not just strategic; it's tactical. I'm addressing the need right now, and it's strategic because if I figure out that I can design something for my team, then maybe this thing I designed can help other companies that's watching, and we can become a leader in our industry.
0: That's huge. It was it, we we talk about you know the the, the gangs and stuff like that because I wouldn't even. I mean, I, I grew up in East St. Louis and mm-hmm. Kansas City, and so wow. so gangs is like I see it a little bit differently when because we go like especially I I'm a, I live up in Jacksonville and you talk about Wilmington, I'm like, we got gangs here, yes. like you know. And he was t- I asked that question to him when we were talking about you one day. He said, you know, we had MS13 in this area at some point. Like, is is it is it that is, is that a big thing around here? Is, is there is there um, a very high populace of gang members in this area? That, yeah. need, that that, not only that you're working with, but that also that are probably feeling the same way the other guy was feeling. Like, I just need somebody to listen to me, help me, and point me in the right direction.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we have over 1,000 gang members in Wilmington. It's a small town, you know. And you usually um, less than 10% of those gang members are actually um Doing something wrong. A lot of them are uh, working in hospitality and are um, in school, uh, which is is something that we learned. Which is I ironic. didn't know that either yeah. at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're working in hospitality. They're looking for jobs to take care of their family. And what you know, George learned early on when he first you know was considering creating True Colors is that um, it was an economic and exclusion issue. They were excluded from resources that they needed, and they didn't have any economic opportunity. So we thought we would give them that opportunity through their livable wages and jobs that can put them on career tracks. And sometimes you just believe what you see, you know, because a lot of people believe that vision is based on what you see, but vision is really based on how you hear, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I tell somebody that something is scary, they see it as scary. But if I tell you that you can do more and be better, then you begin to see yourself in a situation that's better. And um, our onboarding that I designed is eight weeks of life skills, social skills, business skills, and of course, beer. That first week is belief week. I'm teaching you to believe in yourself, to believe in this process, to believe in opportunity. It's like the hard honeymoon phase if you're married you know when you first get home you realize things about your husband or your wife you know like I realized my husband you know snores and I didn't know he snored like that before and so it's the hard honeymoon (laughs) phase you know or something crazy (laughs) you know he does something funny and so that first couple of weeks is the hard honeymoon phase where you're forcing people to get to know themselves and to rid them of limiting beliefs and when people realize that there's more in them that there's an X factor something changes you know I had a guy tell me he was a smooth talker I was like so that means that i can give you the tools to become a master communicator and help ne- and help mediate conflict you know i had another guy you know who told me that um uh he was like you know i always see things uh, the big picture and i know how to write it in detail and so you know when, when you find out what people did on the block you can translate it inside the boardroom and so for gangs yes They just need somebody to listen, but they need opportunity in a livable wage to care for their family. And if you provide that, it changes what they believe about themselves. And if you change what they believe about themselves, it changes what they do in their household. And if it changes their household, they'll change their community.
1: You just kind of answered the question that I was about to ask. To some degree, how are you seeing normalizing kindness being carried forward Mm -hmm. as you are promoting this within your organization? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so... um, I have some sustainability tools in place, um, and some of them are things that we did previously, and some of them were things that um, we still do now. And so after that eight-week onboarding, you flow into a 90-day internship, and then you go into an associate role in the department you express interest in. After that, you know, uh, I mean, early on, I would do quarterly questionnaires. You know, where are you personally? Where are you professionally? And from that questionnaire, I would do individual action plans, personal and professional development plans, and follow them. The focus would be on money, housing, transportation, and healthy relationships. I like to call it the four core. These are things that that are part of Maslow's um, hierarchy and needs, that if you make sure they're taken care of the guys in the building will do everything they need to do professionally. And so we use those action plans to help continue to drive the outcomes we were looking for. And then I created uh, something called True Community. You know, you can't just tell people, hey, be peaceful. You have to keep pushing that button Mm -hmm. in. And so true community is having the team split up into tribes, not based on gang, but just based on individuality. And they would compete on a monthly basis based on work performance, based on friendly competitions, not basketball. That's too easy for, you know, young men that grew up in the inner city. I took them to kayak. It was the most hilarious experience. I bet. And And you
0: added water to the mix. Right. And it's so funny. (laughs) One of the
2: kayaks flipped over, and one of the guys, Spree, he came running up the beach near Palm Island like David Hasselhoff from Baywatch and he took off his shirt and just jumped in the water to go help his peers. If they would have stood up, they would have realized it wasn't that deep. But it was extremely funny, but he could swim. Nobody knew he could swim. You know, they always have this saying, black people can't swim, but he could swim, you know, and I was just like, you swim. And I learned that he grew up learning how to swim, you know, Um, he would go visit relatives. And so I went, because I learned that I learned that he had a lot of experience that other people didn't have. And that, caused us to create something called True Experiences. Again, that that data to define. And so um, True Community helped me drive outcomes like teamwork, leadership, kindness, unity. And so uh, we would give back together. Um, We would build together. And you were into sports. And so every month, uh, they would submit play sheets based on what they did, uh, whether they built their credit up, whether they went and served in Norwich, North Carolina, or First Fruits, uh, whether um, they uh, volunteered at the school, and their work performance. And I used that. And not to give them points but to use what we uh, call community cash because uh, our team responds to money and if you had the most community cash per quarter, you were the baller of the quarter that just means that you worked the hardest but it's me, you using that data and that information I know to define systems for the people that I'm serving, they responded to the big rope chain that says you were the baller of the quarter, they responded to community cash where you can convert the note into experiences that helped change how they saw life and once you get a taste of that new now, you wanted all
0: the time yeah what i what i hear is like you can't be kind if you don't listen
2: That's right, right. You, active, you, listen
0: active listen like you can't be you can't provide something for someone else if you don't know what to provide them right if you don't know what to provide yourself and you listening on a, like a <laughs> savant level <laughs> right on how these people is always and for me like people always ask me how I do what I do. Right, I, I work with people and I'm able to see things within them that they can't see within themselves. And right. I don't say, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, we're gonna create something. I say, I'm, we're gonna uncover what you already have that's, that's there, right? And so with that part, I always, you know, the movie Matrix, we talked about, I talk about that a lot, right? And the, like the first one, and people are like the green code that comes down. And when he was first, when he was first awake, when he was first awoken, then you he, he wasn't able to see the things that everybody else could see, yes. right? but as you as he learned as he downloaded more of the information that he needed to be successful he said you know he said when when you're ready when you know you're the one you won't be you won't have to dodge bullets at all right you'll just be able to stop them yes. right it's because favorite
2: you, line in the movie right yes right
0: and and you come to a point where it's, it's not that you have any different abilities, that you realize your own powers. That's right. And your full potential. In your full potential, full potential. right which and, is important.
2: And you don't know that and get that unless you listen. Yeah. And you, that's how you're kind in any workplace, in any environment, any organization, company, entity, in relationships. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you don't listen to your spouse, you're in trouble. Knowledge inspires new direction. She told me I better stop throwing my pants on the floor, so I better stop doing it or they're going to be outside. And so it's the same thing in every environment. <laughs> Right. And so it's you using what you know by listening to people to create and shape. And you're right. They become the best version of themselves. And, you know, I don't know. I know you guys are purpose leaders. You know, when you see somebody become the best version of themselves or as you said, begin to uncover that it's just a powerful experience. Um, we
0: always looking for something else. Like we always looking somewhere else. And it's here. It's already there. there. Like it, and it's like it's like trying to find your keys,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? They've been right under the pillow that you're yeah. sitting on. Or in, though, your or in your pocket the whole time. Where, right. where, what's yeah. going on? You already got it. You already got it. But you believe that's right. What other people have told you, mm-hmm. or other things that you have learned that have nothing to do with you?
2: Nothing.
1: And it's that's difficult. where, yeah, self-doubt yeah. creeps in yeah. oh, and, and we, you got to conquer we compare, that.
2: I, and we, we compare ourselves, you know, and comparison will kill what you just need to cultivate. You know, like we always look at, oh, I see how <laughs> she did that. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I'm just like, I don't have to do that because what I have is mine and it's different. And um, I think we all have been there. I used to do that all the time. And then I realized, you know, I had to stop trying to show up really well polished. You know, I'm an extreme extrovert. I can be loud, you know, of... Uh, um, I can't, I would try to stop with the alliterations, but I don't know how, because it's natural, you know? And so I was just like, just be you KO. And once I be, became who I already was, you know, I've seen so many opportunities, but also I've seen my passion evolve. Um, that flame that I have is, is not just lit, but I just want to go and give it so to you, everybody. You're like
1: you're, burning, like you're putting more gas yeah, on It's like
2: here. You
0: yeah. took off the, you took off the reins, right? Cause like you were still living. Basically, yourself, you were trying to live in a box too, Man. right? You was putting yourself in a box mm-hmm. that didn't fit for you, instead of making one that did—that was just for you. Yep. And when you took—I mean, I, I can, I totally can relate because people always tell me, "Oh, you got some—you you can speak, you can do this, you can do that," but I never believed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "There's no way that could be me." There's no way I got to do it this way in the way every John and, and, and Harry doing it and, and all these different <laughs> other people. Then I, That's what, you know, you know how I am. Like, yeah. the, if you start telling me we, we have to do it this way or this is what we would do, I'm going to tell you, no, we don't. What, what way you want to do it? Right. That, you know what I mean? And it may not look right, but that's we're especially in a unique place in society at this moment mm-hmm. where the things that are not normal are being seen. That's right. Right. And that's so right. It, it's not about everything else that we've already done. Mm-hmm. It's about what can we, we can create and what can we see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's moving forward, not standing still, right? right. Yeah. Uh oh man, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: told you. Yeah. And you know, when we look back at the workplace yeah. since two thousand and twenty, since George Floyd, companies are using what they can to change the internal practices in the workplace. We use that knowledge to define and design. And you know, I don't think that that what we're experiencing now is just a fad. This is a new now. This is the new normal, you know? With
1: that being said, Kay, how, how would you, we like to give advice and tips and tricks. And so if you've got a leader out there dealing with somebody who's not being kind in the workplace,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how- Uh-oh, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, go get them. How do
1: you, how do you, what advice would you give that yeah. leader?
2: I mean, I think that, you know, that old saying that one bad apple can spoil the bunch, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's true, and I think that you have to sit that leader down and see if they have the same values that you have for your company. You know, um Again, you can't just hire people based on their briefcase, but their head case and heartcase. case. So they just, they may be really good at what they do, but they're just not a cultural fit. And so you can either have a conversation to help coach them into that place, or you can cancel them and take them out. And I know that sounds really hard, but um, companies, um, companies are destroyed with bad culture. You know, and so it's important that leaders have conversations with their team to make sure that they all are speaking the same language, they all are leading effectively in the same way, and they all are living by the same bylaws. If, this, if one of those is being kind, then everybody's being kind. You know, you have to be on one accord. There's a saying that, you know, uh, a house divided can't stand. It, it's the same in a company. Yeah, and so if there's the the division that you have to fix it. So have conversations that coach people and make sure that you're on the same page to align them with your practices.
1: And on the same page... Means having the same definition of kindness.
2: That's right. What does it mean for your workplace? You know, and it may be different for everybody else. And you get that information again with those surveys, those post checks, those performance reviews. You know, using data that you can gain for the company. And hey, do it anonymously. You don't want anybody's name on it. You want them to be honest and authentic with their with their answers. There's tons of tools out there right now where you can do anonymous surveys to find out where people are, and don't be offended by the answers. Um, You know, the truth will set you free. It will set you free to define and design a new direction. for your
0: organization. I, yeah, I think like the, the what I hear like it's the consistency in that. Like mm-hmm. you have the what the what your uh culture's intent is, mm-hmm. right? But what what you have talked about throughout this was not just here, do this, do that. Like what how do we like this is the intent. How does everything else that we do meet that intent mm-hmm. it may it'll look different but it meets a different need for each individual but we we all end up in the same place
2: yeah there's some things in, that I did uh, early on at True Colors that we're just not doing now like we don't have true community Operating now, and that's because beer is in full production. We're trying to get it to different places, and so we've lim- limited some, some of those things. But there's other ways that we're pushing kindness and trying to keep our culture where it needs to be. So again, you know, the the uh, the the vehicle may change, you know, but the map and the process, the goal is still the same.
1: With that being said, what are what are your your definition? What are the key elements to kindness according to Kale?
2: Yeah, I mean, he said it. I mean, listening. You know, that's all listening. You know, Um, if you listen and you're not uh, offended by those answers, I think that you create something powerful. So for me, it's listening, not um, with my own belief, but listening to the person that's speaking to me. And so being kind is just me paying attention to what you said and paying attention to what you didn't say. Because communicating is not just verbal, it's also uh, how you present yourself, your body language.
1: And you don't have to agree with what the other person's saying. Yeah, they also, no, like, that's the, a key the, element. The
0: piece about feeling, you know, attacked, like, and not just you just said it, like, not feeling like they out to get you or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, most people, I mean, this is relationship advice, period. Right, in yeah. In general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say something, it's like, what? I'm not saying, yeah. you are bad, you did something bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, yep. But they only hear one thing, that's like, right. me, mm-hmm. I did, right? Mm-hmm. And, that takes a lot of maturity and finding somebody um, on an equal playing field, mm-hmm. right? And not everybody grows the same, so that makes it a whole lot of uh, complicated situations, mm-hmm. especially. But really being able to show up, again, this always comes back to self, like being able to show up for self and it's like, it's not me. It's not shaming yourself or being feeling guilty about it. It's like, I'm not bad or I don't suck or, you know, I or, or I'm not worth it, as you know. You know, as society tells gang members all the time, right? And so the things that I've done, and I'll tell you this: um, I don't know how to say this on on the air. Uh, (laughs) I got to be very careful with this one. Uh, I had a situation Mm -hmm. where you know, where someone told me this all, and you ain't never gonna be shit. Okay. Right, and I was younger, and a lot of people would say. What do you mean? It was an adult and I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she always told me I was never, in this probably somebody super close to me mm-hmm. always told me I was never gonna be shit. And uh, she said it in some different, more racial words, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't wanna get that deep on here on it. But and uh, and I always, I, 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 I was so mad at her for so many years. Mm-hmm. So many years, because anybody you say that to or I explain that to, they'd be like, how could she? She's an adult and how could she? But I wasn't shit. Like, I wouldn't, like, at that time, I wasn't, like, I had to realize that I, the things that I were doing were, were, were products of not being shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so all she saw was, like, if I continue to do this, mm-hmm. this is what will occur, mm-hmm. right? Even though she could probably do it differently, mm-hmm. that's the best that she could do at that time, mm-hmm. right? And, but what I realized over time is, it's ownership. Mm-hmm. Like, what when somebody's telling me something negative about myself, could it be true? Is it true? Mm-hmm. right and sometimes you maybe know it could just be how they feel mm-hmm. right but other time like I always think that other people see you a little bit differently than you see yourself That's right and so you can come to me and say oh you ain't I'm like what instead of saying yes I, yes I am it's like why do you feel that way
1: yeah define that for
0: yeah me. define like, that what for mean it and that? then what I can does it mean? I can read mm-hmm. I can I can visit it on my own terms mm-hmm. and say and that's just like my wife, like, oh, this this has happened and she was this is a big I'll tell you this story. My wife and she was like, You you come off controlling. I was like, controlling? I'll let you do what you want. Like, yeah. like why are we like how Lindley pay here. I'll just give you 300 dollars and go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, so I defined it differently. She said, the tone that you use with me is like there's no other choice. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I had to realize I didn't even know what that meant because I'm a Marine, right? I and mm-hmm. I was like, what does that mean? Like no other choice. Cause she would say things like, You talk to me like I'm one of your uh you're one of your Marines. And yeah. what does that mean? I, you're not even around me to know what I talk to them like because you've never been around me at work. Yeah. And so what I realized is after I fought it for like three years, mm-hmm. I was like, you don't know what the hell you talking about, right? And then somebody, third party, came in, we went to counseling, third party came in and said, it said, it's not about now, what you're saying and what you're doing, it's the tone of how you deliver it, right? right? And as a speaker, I've ha- I've gotten better at it because I you, you can use it for your benefit when you're right. trying to relay a message. Mm-hmm. But within the people that love me, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to receive how it could actually be my problem.
1: Well, right? there's different definitions there, right? Exactly. And you can't have a conversation or communicate until you're both at least defined in the same way. That's right. Otherwise, you're talking past each other. Yeah, and, and
2: you yeah. have some people that have really, you know, harsh tone. Yeah,
0: I'm con- like I ain't controlling, but like when I say something, you know that I you're passionate. But, yeah. But, but, you
2: know, <laughs> you and you know, know the know. power in that is twofold. Like yeah. you, you know, trying to meet people where they are to make sure you communicate better for them, but also me on the other end understanding who you are and realizing that your tone is just a part of it. It's who not an attack. That's why it's not an attack, right? And so I also need to adjust, right? So I mean, listening, your language, you know, all those things are important when you're activating the kind code.
1: And that's going back to a few episodes ago when we talked about Both parties have to show up with 100%. It's not 50-50, it's 100-100. And you're part of 100 and that is allowing for the other person's, you know, uh, what they're bringing to it. So if if I know Morgan's passionate or loud or whatever, that's That's the piece that I, yeah, that's how I have to
0: turn up, baby.
2: Because yeah. then once you're on that <laughs>
1: same, yeah. That's yeah, how I work, really man. Yeah.
2: And, and it's because and it's, it's easy for us in today's world to be offended. But, I mean, the offense is based on our own belief and our own experiences. It has nothing to do with the conversation I'm having with someone. It's
0: crazy It's crazy how we, like, we said we're supposed to accept each other, but everybody's so dang gone so damn uh, fragile when you talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, you You know, you can talk about LGBTQ, you can mm-hmm. talk about the race thing, or however you want to look at it, uh, cultures, any type of where, sex or age. And they say, oh, we need to open up, we need to open up. But let the, we, uh, what they really are saying, we need to open up, you need to open up, but mm-hmm. I can remain the same. Yep. That, that ain't how this that, works. Yeah, it's not a two way street. Right. <laughs> yeah, that ain't how this works, right. man. That's right. Like,
2: right. Yes, true. It's true. That is. Oh,
0: okay. And that's a part of oh, kindness. It oh. is
2: a part of kindness. You know, it is first, like you said, defining what kindness is going to mean for you and your organization, de- designing the tools that you're going to use in order to get that data that you're going to use to help detail and direct you on what your next steps are going to be. And so it's a process, but it's a process that doesn't cost anything. It's a lot of time equity, sweat equity and a lot of listening.
0: Yeah, I always said le- great leadership is inconvenient. Like, you're never going to do it when you want to do it. It's going to be when you need to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, I'm with you. Yeah, I think that's you. We, well.
1: we're already, It's already, like, we're already over our time. We're just getting this started. Awesome. <laughs>
0: this
1: is fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're just getting started, man. Like, I think – I, and I'll say it without us talking. Can we have bring her back in like I a couple so. months That's or something?
2: A, yes, I'm here for you. Yeah,
0: I think we have a lot more to I discuss. Live in yeah. Yeah. yeah, I won't
2: meet you at the beach though.
0: <laughs> no, no problem. Maybe can talk about the beach. Yes, right? yes, man. You know, oh.
2: talk about how there's there there, there there's something, but everybody has different preferences, right? Right. And so I see. Get, I see what you just did. Yes. Yeah. I see that. Right. <laughs> we utilize it differently, but it's all there. That's
1: right. Yeah. And that's oh, what makes man. the world go
2: round. That's what makes the world go round.
0: Well, uh, well I would ask this. Like, tell us. Um, it's, it's called True Colors.
2: True Colors. Yeah. Right.
0: I, I think I might have heard. Do y'all have like uh, commercials on the radio?
2: We do. We have commercials on the okay, radio. Okay, I thought I heard um, it. We yeah. have social media. True Colors Brew. Um, on. Uh Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh our beer is currently in supermarkets and in stores throughout North Carolina.
0: Do you have any ciders?
2: We don't. So we're just uh right now we only have one beer, it's a true light, it's a light lager's, um, under ninety calories, four point two percent A B B V, and so we we deem it crushable. So you can drink it, it's light, and you can have another. Nice.
0: You are good.
2: (laughs) I told you, (laughs) man.
0: Like how they say like hr you sound like your yeah, like your yeah, whole yeah, yeah. that's do you, yeah like they just need to he need to go go back home and let you run it and do uh, your thing
2: yeah so um, yeah I enjoyed being here and talking to, to you guys you know speaking about anything with people excites me it, yeah, yeah that's what it is because you
0: we, we you're getting fed and you're feeding at the same time yeah. and when you can do both man it's like rubbing and stuff with youcom top of your head <laughs> and that's you that's what you know I mean? the, the impetus
1: <clears> behind our the podcast is yeah. We always found ourselves when we we're hanging out talking about love and leadership and where the two meet.
2: So good. It's, this, I mean, this is, is it's, my it's life. You can't have yeah. one without the other. You can't. You can't. You can't. It's, it's,
0: it's so it's, much. Like I'm. I'm so. <sighs> What's the most vulnerable way I can put this? I'm so happy right now. Mm-hmm. Like this. Co- this conversation makes me so happy. Like I'm excited. Like I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend, yeah, too. Yeah, man, like, this know, is this is pretty, yeah, I don't drink you, beer, but, like, I'm down.
2: Yeah, and when you talk <laughs> about love and lead, lead, leadership, like, if you think about that right now, like, sometimes people will view that as a weakness. A lot of, there's people still man. in the world that say that, hey, if you love and you're kind, or if you love and lead, it's a weakness. Man, this is this is one of the best-kept secrets in yeah. leadership. In Nobody's ever time. been kind to them. That's the problem. No, that's and, right. Yeah. And we need it. The companies that are going to thrive is companies that have leadership that lead with love and people that are being kind in the workplace. Yeah,
0: that's what, I mean, I, I, I came out as a coach, um, probably 2016, like a professor. I was doing some stuff on the side of first. I said, like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go coach. And I was in there for the money. Like I was I need to make money. I need to get certified, mm-hmm. I need to get all the accolades, and I need to make money. Broke, right? I was broke for a long time too. Like nobody would even hire me. And then um, uh, one of my mentors, he told me, he said, When you do it for the people, everything else will work itself out. That's right. I flipped that.
2: Mm.
0: Can't keep them off me.
2: Yeah? Yeah. I'm telling you. It changes the game, like for real. You know, I went to an event um, a couple months ago, well, last year um, in Atlanta. It was uh, 100 months to change. It was exactly 100 months until the next decade when I went to this event. And the guy who did it actually was uh, unveiling a new film uh, about a carpet company whose CEO decided. Twenty years ago that he wanted it to become more sustainable because he realized um, how it was affecting the environment. He began to listen to his people. Um, The company is thriving so much today, but it set the stage for sustainable brands and impact organizations. You know, and when he began to lead with mission, it changed the company's profit margins. And it just happens every time. You know, but when you lead uh, from here, you know, and not from here, Right? I mean, people can't help but want to come to you because like that CEO, he wanted to make a change, but he didn't know how. He had to find somebody who would help them. And so I believe there's leaders all over the United States that want to do something different. They want to lead with love, but they don't know who to go to to ask to show them how to do that. It's so
0: hard, yeah, even for us, like to get – like because we can say we go to most organizations around here they, they're going to push it off mm-hmm. right and there's going to be select group of people that speak the same language or that, that are hungry and they say i've been waiting for you they didn't know how to find it they're open to they're it. open to yeah. it right mm-hmm. and so that's what we deal with and just trying and, and that's probably every coach they're trying to find somebody to, to change a culture in a certain way mm-hmm. it's you got to be that person has to be willing to, to make the change and at the that's point right. in their life to actually believe in that it can be that it can happen for themselves and their organization That's right. and i think that's, the, that's hard to do, but it, it's possible. And again, like I, I said earlier, it's we're in a perfect time for that.
2: That's right. Right?
0: The way that the world is and the way we, you know, everybody, you know, COVID, I hate COVID. I, Black Lives Matter happened. We go, yeah, but like we, there was a lot, and I believe this, it all things always happen for a reason. There's a lot of death. Yeah. there's a lot of sadness mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of growth
2: that's right a right? lot a lot of growth
0: and you might not like I lost a lot of friends but it made me show it gave me a different appreciation right mm-hmm. I spent more time with my family I did I did things you know and the problem is sometimes we don't we don't understand how we got to go through it to get through it right we got <laughs> to understand how like that these these trials and tribulation actually create the the kindness that we need because if you don't know what it looks like on the dark side, you can't tell me what the light
2: is. That's so good. You know That's what so I true. mean. And mm-hmm. so,
0: like, those are the pieces that we have to cultivate together and keep these circles going mm-hmm. to create a uh, to create the change that needs to happen. And uh, you, oh my God. Okay, go ahead. We, all right, I'm gonna stop.
1: <laughs> what I was thinking earlier, because we do have to we do have to wrap it up. Yeah. But um, when you were talking about earlier, <clears throat> all I could imagine was energy. People are drawn to other people's energy. Yeah. And if you've got those leaders that are leading with love, they're going to attract people mm-hmm. that want to be valued and loved and trusted. That's right. And then they're going to turn around and give that to the organization. That's right. And and that's how organizations
0: My heart rate crashing. is in the 80s right now. <laughs> like I'm working out, bro. Like that's how amped <laughs> up I am right now. I'm looking at my heart rate like it usually sits around like 60, 55. Yeah. That I ain't even moving.
1: Well, Okay, thank you so much for coming in.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. This is great.
1: We will definitely have you back.
0: Y'all better listen to this one. Download it, uh send it to your friends, send it to your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother. Like, uh I I I can't wait to listen to it again, and I don't really listen to my podcast that often, but I I look forward to listening to this one uh and and really going back and writing down a lot of the the the, the information that you share with us thank you. and you uh, and uh, I try to when people touch my lie, I like to I want to learn how to share that with them. Mm-hmm. You changed me today, mm-hmm. you brought me value, and I appreciate you. Wow, thank you so much. Always.
1: And, well, yeah. thanks so much for being here, KO. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at that L word. Let us know what you thought of this episode and mm. topics for future episodes. Yeah. And uh, I think KO already talked about how you can get in touch with her, the website and yeah, Twitter, and all that Colo.
2: stuff. But I'm Khalila Equips on everything. Okay. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, oh, <laughs> okay. oh, right. I'm starting to learn about that with
1: my teenage daughter now. Yeah. So. All
0: right, well we we done. Yeah,
1: yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Ah <laughs>